And we think that we really have something to say about church planting in a new environment, in a new time. So come and listen to him. Then we have Pastor Glenn Bartol, and he will have a seminar. And Pastor Glenn is pastoring a, a church in Modesto, in the United States. It's not a very big city. We live about 200,000 people in the city. But the church he pastors, they are 10,000. Well, how can that come? Well, he will speak about that. How to reach your city. The thing that Glenn has is a passion for his city. And we believe that we need to have the same passion for our city, for Stockholm, don't we? So we think that he carries something with him that we really need. And then we have Bishop Tudor Bismarck that have an apostolic ministry in Africa who will preach to us on Saturday and will have seminaries and also on Sunday. That will be amazing. And not, not at least, don't forget Pastor Jeff Lee that is, is leading a church family network from his church. They have planted always, I think it's 65 churches in just a few years in the United States. So, we have an amazing opportunity, my friends, and you need to take it. So you need to be there. You need to take your time off and really see that you're in every session at the conference. And one thing more, if you're part of this church and you are not yet involved in anything, we need you. There are still gaps to fill when it comes to people that will work at the conference. So right after this meeting, we want you to run to Emily down in the info desk and write your name down and ask her, what can I do? Maybe help out uh, with, with something during the meetings or in the children's church or anywhere else. We need you, so just go and ask what you can do. Isn't this going to be wonderful? Yeah. I'm longing crazy much. Uh, and one thing more about this conference is also something. I'm going, I'm going into the offering. <laughs> this has cost something for us. And when something costs and you need to pay for it, you need to remind yourself of the mission again. Why do we do this? I mean, it's a yearly thing. We give money every Sunday, some of us, and we offer many things. Why do we do this? And I want us to just focus on the mission that we have for the, for the missions conference. Why do we do it? And the mission, as you as you know, it is back. Please help me out, guys. Moving forward. Uh, anyway, the mission is thirty new churches. Thirty new churches, and if you look to every word in this, can you help me, guys? The first word, 30, what is that? Well, if you look to Sweden, so many places, so many areas in Sweden, for many years we have been talking about churches going back in Sweden. But we are actually part of a movement that want to change that and want to see churches planted and started all over our country. Isn't that amazing? It's not a small vision. It's, we're talking about 30 churches. For me, that's something that, that wants me to be involved in this. That wants to put my money in it. To put my effort to see this happen. The next thing is 30 new churches. 
new worlds of people, new cultures. We can create churches that really reaches the immigrants. Just look at Malmö, the church we planted some time ago. They are reaching so many immigrants, but also leads into the young culture, the young adults, reaching out by social media, working in new ways to reach people. We believe that we can create something new in Sweden that never had been seen before. The God is a creative God. And I'm so excited to be part of that, seeing something new growing up here in Sweden when it comes to church planting. And then we have churches. And I just love that we're planting churches. You know, sometimes people think of religion that they heard the word churches. My friends, when we talk in churches, we are talking rescue boats that will save people, that will see people saved and transformed. We are talking about places where the gospel are preached with power. People are baptized in the Holy Spirit. People are filled with joy. People are lifted from darkness into life. That's what we are talking about doing. 30 new churches. And if you see it into this way, it's not hard to give to it. It's not hard to be passionate to give it up. And the, this conference will cost us as a church 430,000 Swedish crowns. And one of the pastors in, in our church, he actually challenged me the other day. He told me that, yeah, me and my wife, we have decided that we should give 1% of the cost to, from this conference. We thought that this is like a thing we should do. And you know, I was talking to Emma and we prayed about it. We thought, yeah, we want to be part of that. We want to take up the challenge. We can do that. I know that 1%, that would be, if you count it, 4,300 Swedish pounds. That is, that is a lot of something else. That is too much. And maybe if you're a new here, you should know that. No one is forced to give in our church. You're free to give. God loves you anyway. <laughs> but for some of our guys, I know that 4,300 crowns, that, that's, that's as choosing if you want to use a three-store or a, a four-store hotel at your vacation. And for some, it's about choosing a four-store or a five-store hotel. And come on, guys. What? I want to have a five-store conference, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Can we not invest something of our overflow for this? I think many of you can be proud of giving this amount. I really think, and I know also that God is ready to bless you, to give from His good if you just do this in faith. Not with pressure, but with joy. But I want to challenge you today. So I want us all to stand up right now, and I want the others to come to the front. And I want us to pray on what you should give today. What is your sacrifice for Missions 18? We have pledge gift cards here today, so if you don't can give this amount immediately, you can have a, a, an envelope with some, some papers that you just fill in, and, and we will send you information. So then you can have a, a pledge gift card that you can write down your name and your address and, and the amount you want to give, and we will send you cards to you so that you can give them. But you also can give a credit card down there, and also you can give in the buckets that you put in the front there. 
Let us pray together and ask the Holy Spirit what we should give for this conference. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the opportunity to have a missions 18. We thank you for the joy, Father, to do this. And Father, we just want to give with hearts full of faith and expectance for what you will do during this festival. We want to give with joy because we believe that you will break through in our city, in Stockholm, in our country, in Sweden, and that you will do something amazing. And Father, we trust you that everything that we give will come back in changed lives, in people that receive you to faith, in people that have their lives changed in the name of Jesus. Now give with a joyful heart and God bless you for what you give. And in just a minute, we'll listen to Papa SMS. I just want your heart to be prepared. The message for today is just amazing. Are you doing fine? Yeah. Uh, I can't hear you 
Let's stand up to our feet everywhere here. Come on, turn around to your friend and tell your friend you're looking so beautiful and so amazing. And this church will be the same without you today. Come on, tell your friend you lost weight since I saw you the last time. Alright. And you that are in the back, I want everyone that are in the back to come up front. I don't want us to sit spread out like this. And you that are standing in the back, if it's possible, just come and sit with us here. Just come and sit with us here. Come on as, as, as far as you can. Alright? I don't even, I don't know guys, did you do it? Come
And uh, before he came into the ministry of Jesus, he was also following John the Baptist for a while. So he was a seeker in a way. He and Andrew, Peter's brother, followed John the Baptist for a while. Well, what you probably don't know is that John's mama also was following Jesus. John and James' mama was called Samuel or Joanna. And she was one of those that provided for Jesus' needs and the disciples' needs and followed Jesus. Actually, we could say about John being young and everything that he had a little problem. I mean, he, he had some problems cutting the umbilical cord to his mama. Alright? So his mama is intervening for him all the time, trying to ask for the best places in the kingdom of God and stuff like that. I mean, it's not easy to have mama in the room. <laughs> you know? But uh, that was the case for, for John. And there's a lot to be said about John, but I want us to capture him today. Really, really catch him. When he started to walk with Jesus, he was a hothead. And Jesus called him and his brothers for the sons of thunder. How many of you remember? Think about it. Jesus called them to carry a message of love. Go preach love. And then when someone didn't receive the message of love, John and James wanted to call down fire on the village and kill everyone in the village. So I mean, they had some few things to learn walking with Jesus. How many of you get this? And he called them hotheads, sons of thunders. <laughs> Because they were so, I don't know, hormonal, teenage, up and down, moody in a way. But we are going to read a little passage of scripture before we continue and describe John's personality and character. And we're going to John's Gospel chapter 13, if you have a Bible, turn there with me. This is during the Last Supper, when Jesus instituted the Holy Communion. And uh, this is just on that night when Jesus is going to be betrayed and given over to the Romans. And we read here that he starts to talk about who is going to betray him. And during the meal, one of the disciples whom Jesus loved. And I love how John puts this together, isn't it? This is John writing about himself. Alright? John says, well, there was a disciple that Jesus loved. A little bit more than the others. So he talks about himself in third person. That's kind of cute. He says, one of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to Jesus. And Simon Peter motioned to this disciple and said, Ask him which one he means. He was talking about who was going to betray him. And leaning back against Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? And the Greek says, leaning back against Jesus' chest. He whispered in the master's ear, alright, who is it? And this is a perfect picture of John's relationship with Jesus. Alright? If you could just catch this little image right here from the Last Supper, you pretty much catch the relationship Jesus and John had. First of all, Jesus was almost double the age. Almost, we say. He was 33, 34 at this time, and John was a late teen, alright? So they had a very special relationship. Some say it was a little physical, and they made something critical out of that, but after all, they were Middle Easterns, not Scandinavians. Come on, somebody. There were kisses, and there were hugs, of course. And, And Jesus is leaning here against 
John and John is leaning against Jesus and Jesus and John are whispering in one another's ears and I love that image if you could keep that image you've kind of catch the relationship John had with Jesus and the thing about John here is that all through his gospel John's gospel he talks about himself several times like the one whom Jesus loved and I love it don't you because with Peter, it's, it's, it's about power and authority and what he's going to do for Jesus or what he's doing together with Jesus. But with John and what he gives to us and what we can read out is what he was fascinating the most about was that Jesus loved him and his relationship with Jesus. And I love that. Alright, let's go into this what was John's personality? Well, he was far more romantic than the other disciples. He was a lover in his language. A little bit to the, to the place where I told my wife when I studied him that he's almost a little feminine, John. And John, Maria said, you cannot say that in church. I said, I, I probably will. And I just did. And John was philosophical. If you read his gospel, he was philosophical. He was deep, and that was not only uh, that was not only the deep stuff. It was also that he was very detail oriented. He saw persons and the personal interaction between Jesus and individuals, and he pictures that very beautifully in his gospel. And what you can see as well is that uh, John emphasizes on on symbols when he talks about Jesus. He says about Jesus, for example, in John's Gospel chapter 6, that Jesus said about himself that, I am the bread of life. With other words, if you don't eat me, you have no part in me. You want to eat me to live. So, it's, it, it's deep and it's symbolic. And he continues and he says about, about Jesus and himself again, where he says in John's Gospel chapter 8, I am the light of the world. If you don't have me, you're stumbling in the darkness. You need me to walk through. And he continues and he says in John's Gospel chapter 10, I am the good shepherd that gives his life for his sheep. I am the resurrection and life, chapter 11. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And you can really see in John's personality how it shines through when he describes Jesus and talks about Jesus in symbols, in deep philosophical meaning, then he describes details like this. I am the wine. If you are not in me, and I am not in you, you have no part in me, and you will have no answers of prayers. You need to be in me, and close to me. And when you read about John, and you really study John, you will find out that, well, he is the most loyal of them all. One time, how many of you remember, there are some guys that are trying to cast out a demon and John tries to hinder them. Because he says that, uh, well, you are not with us. And Jesus has to go correct John and say that, hey, if they are not against us, they are for us. Okay, they do this in my name, they are there for us. But he was super loyal and Jesus took him into his inner circle. Many times when Jesus did something in particular, like raising Jairus' daughter from the dead, there were only three persons in the room. And it was Peter, James, and John. 
When Jesus is up on the mountain and he, he is transfigured in front of them and becomes uh, the revealed Christ and Elijah is there and Moses is there, again, it is Peter, James and John. So John has been brought into the absolute inner circle of Jesus. He's close to Jesus and he's loyal to Jesus like very few. But when you look into John's personality, he's mystical, he's very spiritual, and if we would use words for holidays, we would say he's a little spacey. <laughs> Alright? When he writes the revelation, it is dragons and demons and horses and, you know, just one big spectacular fantasy show. But it is reality he is describing, don't you think? He's talking about what will take place in the future and at the end times. But he's very spiritual and he's mystical. But it's not just that. I want you to catch this today. John bears to us the witness of the love of Christ. Do you hear what I was saying? No one talks about the love of Christ like John. John has gotten to know the love of Jesus Christ like no one else. At the end of his life, they call John the Apostle of Love. And in his three epistles, he talks about nothing but love. And the Bible actually tells us that at the, at the end of his life, he was so sick, because he was the one that became the oldest, you know, he was, they believe he almost became 100 years old, okay? And at the end of his life, they carried him into the services, because he could no longer walk into the services. And then when he mastered up his strength to say something to the church, he always said this, Children, love one another. That's all he said. And the legends tells us that every time they carried John into the gatherings, there was just this atmosphere, this aroma of love that filled the entire gathering. Because he was so close to Jesus, so that they could feel the fragrance of Jesus when he was in the room. And with a few words... He kind of just sparked love in the room. Are you there? Can everybody wave at me? You're not falling asleep just because we have a Bible study, right? Alright? Are you following me? Yes. Okay. So John is a witness of love. And some say he had a very strong head. That he was a little sporty. I don't know, Walter. You and him may have someone in, something in common. We all know Walter has the biggest biceps in the church, right? And he runs and he, he works out. But John was one of those that was very healthy, the Bible commentary says, because he went on living the longest of the Lord. Well, maybe it has something to do with that all the others were dying of archer's death. And he was the only one dying an actual death. I don't know what you're saying, okay? That that may be the case. But John... He carries to us the message of love like no one else. Now I want to talk a little bit more about that. We read here that he was leaning towards Jesus' chest. That Jesus was whispering in his ear and he in his ear. But we will continue, we will continue to read about what happened at the cross. You know, when they stood at the cross, we really see how close John is to Jesus. We read like this. John's Gospel chapter 19 verse 26, 27. When Jesus saw his mother there, and the disciple whom he loved, here John writes about himself again, alright, standing nearby, he said to her, to his mama, Woman, this is how you addressed mama 2,000 years back, Woman, 
Okay, it's a little different than from today. Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple, John writes about himself humbly in third person. This disciple took care of his mom. Are you getting this? How many of you get that John was probably the disciple absolutely closest to Jesus? Does this scripture tell us that? I mean, if you give over your mom to someone, I mean, we, we're talking, I mean, not just, I mean, mom I can be a tricky business. How I many of you know what I'm talking about here? I, I know I'm, I'm talking about my own mama, but some of you know about your mama too, right? Or is it just me having a complicated mama at times? So, you know? So he's handing over mama. And if you hand over mama to someone, that means you're close to that someone. Would you agree with me? Some say, I love my mama. I do too. And Jesus did too. Obviously, because he wanted John to take care of his mama. And whenever you hand mama over to someone, that pretty much says that you're close. Would you say? So what are you making out of this? I'm making out of this that why is John the closest to Jesus? Let us find out. I think it has to do with this. John was not interested in ministry as the other disciples. He was interested in a relationship. Are you getting this now? Yes. And some of us really need to learn this because we are going on the missions trip for us to experience signs of wonder. And we are going on a street mission for us to experience a fantastic miracle, or whatever it is. But you see, it's not about what you are to experience all the time, or the power, or the ministry, or what you are to do for Jesus, or with Jesus. What about just having a relationship with Jesus? What about just getting to know God? And you see, the whole... The whole reason for the gospel is actually that God became human because God loved us so much and wanted to know us and wanted to break the isolation and wanted to get back into close relationship with us. Jesus coming to this earth through His death and resurrection was all about, I love you and I don't want you far, I want you close. And John was the only one among the disciples that really understood I am loved. I am the beloved. I'm the loved one. He loves me. And that is what he emphasizes on. And that is what fascinates John. Can you see this? To me, this has become like a revelation because it comes back again and again and again. If you go to to the resurrection and then someone has seen that he's disappeared. I mean, he's no longer in the grave. The first that they tell is of course Simon Peter and the other disciple. You know, John is always so long, the other disciple. Who? The one Jesus loved. Okay? And they said they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So the first ones to know after the resurrection is Peter and John because John is the loved one. I want you to see this. That you all know that Peter and the other disciples there, they, they were a group actually of, of, of eight. They went back to their old trades and to the fishing again. How many of you remember? They went back to Genesaret. And Jesus comes after them and He restores them into ministry. 
And he caused them to do what they had done the first time he had them. He caused them to put down their nets again, even though they worked the whole night. And they do. And the nets are so full of fish that they began to break. And everyone wonders, what is going on? And Jesus is standing on the seashore. And they are in the boat. And they see Jesus kind of in a mist. It's morning. It's, uh, you know... Uh, and, and, and they can't really see him, but John, it says, John's Gospel, chapter 21, the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. So they are not really sure who it is standing on the seashore, but John knows, because John knows the Lord. Are you here? I would guess that many Christians, can I be a little radical right now? If Jesus showed up, they would not even recognize Him. Because they sing songs, they can quote the Bible, they know how to act holy and churchy, are you here? But they don't know the Lord. And you see, Jesus says that we would even come to Him at the day of judgment and say, we've cast out demons in your name. We've prophesied in your name. And Jesus would say, go away from me, I don't know you. So Christianity and discipleship is not just about doing the right things in church, singing the songs, knowing the drill, knowing how to act the dress. It is about knowing God through Jesus Christ. Knowing God through the living Word. Are you here? Through the Son of God, the Son of Man. So I love John in that way that he peels away all the religious junk. He takes away all the crap. And he says, it's not about what you can do for him. It's not about what you can experience through him. It's not about your ministry in him. It's about you loving him and him loving you. That's what it is all about. Do you get this? When I came to Jesus, I come from a non-Christian background. I can tell you this. It was not the nice songs in church. And how amazing the program was in church. No. It was when I heard the gospel for the first time that I really understood that God loves me. That's when it hit home. God loves me. This Jesus, I don't really get the whole thing, but this Jesus, He loves me. That day. And I can tell you, I've been through things, and I've seen things. I've preached for almost 27 years, and I've traveled all over the world. Sometimes there have been... 100,000 people listening, sometimes five, are you there? Sometimes everyone wanted to buy my books, and sometimes no one wanted to buy my books, and sometimes I was slandered on television, and sometimes praised on television, are you there? But I can tell you this, and this is from my heart to you now. I'm not serving Jesus because of how many buy my books, or where I'm allowed to preach or not to preach. I'm serving Jesus because I have a relationship with Him. I love Him. He's my life. Are you there? And I remember one of those days when I was persecuted and laughed about and everyone talked about me and I sat at my office floor in the night crying and praying. This is 10 years back. In the middle of all this, I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit say this. I love every scar on your body. I love every tattoo on your body. I love everything about you, your heart. I love you just the way you are. And I sat there and I cried and cried. And I knew. Now it was only him and me again. 
getting this? If we preach or do not preach, if we drive a truck, are you in? If we work at McDonald's, are you listening to me? Or at a bank, are you here? Whatever you do, well, listen up now. The relationship with Jesus is what makes you rich. The relationship with Jesus Christ is what makes the difference in your life. To be able to lean back against God's own chest and whisper in His ear and hear Him whisper in mine. When I woke up this morning, of course, I went up to pray for you and the services and the Sunday. But you see, when I woke up this morning, I, I do the same prayer every morning. When I wake up, I hear the alarm clock, you know. I try to find the phone somewhere. <laughs> and then when that's done, I always say like this, Holy Spirit. I think I've done that for more than 20 years. Holy Spirit. And immediately he whispers something. And this morning he whispers something. Beautiful small sentences that had nothing to do with church. Or the message of preaching or you, amen. It had to do with me and him personally. And you see, I am serving Jesus, walking with Jesus. If I preach or not preach, if I go on a mission strip again or not, if I drive a truck, I'll be the happiest person on the planet. And you get it. I don't know if you get all of this today, but John had found the best. He had found the love of Jesus Christ. Alright, let's go on, let's go on. John had the details for the individuals of Jesus. He describes the meeting between Jesus and Atana, between Jesus and Nicodemus at the campfire, how Jesus goes to the Samaritan woman at a well. No one else wants to talk to her, but he talks to her. How Jesus meets one handicapped out of the masses and ministers to him. How Jesus meets one blind person and ministers to him. How Jesus meets with the adulterous woman. How many of you remember? They wanted to stone her, but Jesus loved her and forgave her. This is my Jesus, but this is also John. John sees these things. Why are Mark describing this? Or Luke describing this? Why are magic? Because they didn't know Jesus the way John knew Jesus. John knew Jesus being interested in the individuals and in every person. Jesus is interested in you. He knows everything about you. He doesn't want you just to come and be in church, sing corporate songs, call some scripture, say I belong to this or that church. No, he wants to sing with you. If not a campfire, he wants to have a breakfast with you in your kitchen, in your apartment, where you stay. And he wants to walk with you in the parks. And he wants you to whisper in his ears and him to do. What is this summer going to be about for you? What are you dreaming about? Is it the mission strips or is it what we're going to do for him? Can it maybe be like I hoped it could be? I want to walk hand in hand with Jesus through the parks, through the squares, and whisper to him, it's him and me. And a love affair and a love relationship between him and me. If you've lost that first love, come back to it. You're if you've never ever experienced 
let me tell you, this is Christianity. Christianity is not belonging to a religion or singing in a choir or knowing how to act in church. No. It's not even about you know, knowing scriptures and knowing theology. It's about knowing him who is behind every scripture and behind every theology, Jesus Christ. The Jesus who loved John made John call him the disciples whom he loved. Amen. I wrote some stuff down, I don't know if I can preach it all, but of course John saw amazing ministry at the end. Yeah. He was in prison for Jesus. Uh, absolutely. He took some he took some meat, he took some heat. And he um, he saw how the gospel broke through to the Samaritans and how they laid hands upon them and how they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. He was part of raising a crippled up that was running in the temple courts and so on. He became a bishop in Ephesus, Turkey, preached the gospel to thousands of people. But that was not what we remember about God. We don't remember the great end person, what he has done and what he has established. We remember him as the young, sensitive disciple that became the closest to Jesus. Are you getting this? Alright. I know, I know, I know I have to come to a to, to, to an end here. And I want to do that with a little testimony. When you preach the gospel as long as I have, and you know I've coming up I'm, I'm coming up to three decades. I mean it's a little scary. It's twenty-seven years. I've been around, guys. Coming up to to where I know everything it feels like about church, you know. Church politics, and D and that, and this and that. Sometimes I'm so sick and tired of this. Are you getting it? It's up here. And I'm not talking about you and pastoring, because that I still love. I love baptisms. I even love funerals and weddings. I love to be part of your life. I love to pastor. I love to serve Jesus, being part of your life in that way. But the rest, the comparison, you know, about who is who and who is the famous and who is your podcast, the favorite preacher for the moment and who says what and who has an opinion about what and who cares. I've got to that point where all I want is Jesus. Where all I want is Jesus. Are you getting that? And I've got to that point where I feel that, all right, I'm not in this for the miracles. I'm not in this for the answers of prayers. Because not everything is going to be perfect here on earth. I've already realized that. But if I have a close relationship with him, I will sit opposite to him or next to him at a table one day. One day I will kneel down before him and see him that I've worshipped and preached about. One day he's going to touch me. One day I will give him a heart. One day he will look at me and I will look at him. What is Jesus to you? Why are you coming to church? Why are you here today? I hope you're here to harm Jesus, to touch Jesus. I hope you're here to lean in towards his chest and ask him secrets and let him whisper secrets in your ears. I hope you're in for this summer and for what's coming to walk hand in hand with Jesus through the parts of Stockholm. 
Oh, if I can preach to you so that I really reach you. Who cares if you are a Pentecostal or a Baptist? Who cares what you call yourself or what you are? Be a disciple who Jesus loves. Be someone that already is in the circle that are close to him. Be someone that he can whisper to, someone you know, that knows his voice and he knows your voice. Let's stand up on our feet everywhere. The power of Jesus is going to fill this room right now. We're going to be right here this moment for a while. I can feel the presence of my Lord. I can feel the presence of my Jesus. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I thank you that I can say that. 28 years following you, and soon 27 years preaching you, that I love you. I love you so much. I love you with all of my heart. Jesus, you are the craziest, most wild love affair I've ever had. You touched me. You pierced me. Oh, your heart. Oh, your heart beats. I want it to be mine. Your tears, your blood, your sweat. You showed your love to me. I want to lean towards your chest. I want to hear your voice. I want to be close to you. Jesus Christ, Son of God. Lift up your faces to the in this place. Forget about the others around you. Today I want us all to fall in love with Jesus. If you come away from your first love, you can come back to that love again. You can love Him with all of your heart. Lift up your faces and close your eyes. Father, I pray for every man and woman in this room. Father, I'm standing here in front of them. I'm not a perfect man, but I can say that I love you. You love me. Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to us, to this planet, to this earth, to identify himself with us and die for us. Take away our sins and give us a chance for redemption. If you're in this room today and you've never prayed a salvation prayer, you've never said, Jesus, I want to be close to you. I want to believe you are God. I want to believe that you came to this earth for me. I want to believe in your love and your sacrifice, your blood and your sweat and your tears, your death and your resurrection. I want to believe. I want to receive your love in my heart. You can ask him for forgiveness today. You can come to him today. You can be filled with his Holy Spirit today. You can be a disciple. And one day, you will say like John, all I know is I'm the disciple who he loved. If you're standing here today, if you've not yet prayed a salvation prayer, you want to do that. You feel in your heart, I want to do that. But if you're standing here today and you feel like, I've come away from Jesus, but I want to come back to Jesus, you can right now. Lift up your faces. Jesus is standing in front of you, resurrected from the dead. Stretches out his hands to you, looks at you, and he says, I love you. Come, come, come lean to 
wants me, come whisper with me, come walk with me, come be with me, come be my disciple. If you want to pray a salvation prayer or a rededication prayer, get ready because I will ask you to shoot up your hand, your right hand in the air. I want you to lift it up and say, here I am, your hand is unlike to pray a salvation prayer. I'd like to ask Jesus for forgiveness. I like Him to fill my heart with the Holy Spirit. I want to feel that I'm leaning towards Him and that I'm walking with Him hand in hand. If you're in this place and you need to pray such a prayer, Jesus, come to me. Fill my heart. Forgive me. You will shoot up your hand when I've counted to three. Are you ready? Right now, you will shoot up your right hand when I've counted to three. You will show it to Jesus and you will show it to me and you will say, here I am, I want to do this. One, two, Free, shoot up that hand, lift up that hand, high, lift it up high, I see one hand there, I see another one hand there, come on, lift them up, high, just lift them straight up, don't hesitate, yes, two bold hands, just hold them up to Jesus without hesitating, hold them up to Jesus, there's someone else that wants to be part of this, shoot up your hand right now, lift them up to Jesus. See very, very, two very clear hands wherever you are. Okay, you that have lifted your hands, come up here. Kristen, come. Bring that gentleman here. We're going to pray here. And there was someone over here too. Bring that someone here. We, we're going to pray right here. Hello there, my friend. Hello there. What's your name? Assis. Welcome. And this is Colleen. So nice to meet you. Don't be afraid, okay? Uh, Come, stand, stand right here, face me. Is there someone else that wants to be part of this? This is so beautiful because right now, these people, they are leaving the mass. They are leaving the big gray mass and they're becoming disciples of Jesus. Leaning towards Jesus' chest, whispering to Jesus. Is there someone else that wants to be part of this? Turn around to your neighbor. Look, here's another precious girl. What is your name? Sam's. You're so right, there's someone else that wants to join us today? You that have come, Aziz, Lee, Sam, lift up your hands today. Lift up your faces like this. Close your eyes. Now Jesus is standing in front of you. Who died for you on the cross and rose for you again. He's standing in front of you. And when you close your eyes, you can see him with your inner eyes, with your spiritual eyes. He's resurrected from the dead. He says, come, lean in, he says. I want to be your safe chest, he says. Whisper in my ear and I will answer you back. When you tell me secrets, I'll tell you secrets back. You're not becoming religious today. You're becoming a friend of Jesus. You're becoming a disciple of Jesus. This is not a, a time where you are... Receiving a membership card in a, in a church this is the time when you're receiving forgiveness, the Holy Spirit, and intimacy and relationship. Is someone else here? What is your name? Hassan. You're so right Hassan. Lift up your hands like this. Lift up your face. Is there someone else that wants to join us? Yeah, just bring a friend if you need to bring a friend. And, and, and lift up your hands, each and every one of you. We want to pray with Hassan, Sam. Assis and Colleen right now. We're to pray with them. Lift up your hands together with me and let's join together in this prayer. What do we say? Jesus, Son of God. Jesus, Son of God. I believe in you. I believe in you. I want to get to know you. I want to get to know you. Forgive me my sins. 
religion cannot save you, but a Jesus relationship can save you. Don't let people fool you. Everyone lift up your hands like this. We're going to pray together with the four precious people standing in the front. Everyone lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Pray to Jesus right now. Like you are. Talk to Him right now. Like you are. Pray to Him in Finnish or in Spanish. Pray to Him in your mother tongue. Pray to Him. Oh, just pray like you are. Pray in French. Pray in German. Pray to Him. Just talk to Him. Lift up your heart to Him and worship Him. Be with Him. Because we are celebrating something fantastic here today. We are not proclaiming a religion in Stockholm, but a relationship. You are the disciple whom Jesus loved. He loves you. Come on. This summer is going to be fantastic because we will walk hand in hand with Jesus through the forest. Amen. Who is taking care of the birthday kids here today?
go isolated to an island like John did because you know that even if they isolate you, you're not alone, you have Jesus. When you have gotten to know Jesus, you can go through almost everything. Amen. Because one day you will meet Him face to face. And you know life is not about what, what goes down, down here. This is just, this is so terrible. This is just that short little journey. When you go with Jesus, and Jesus is your life. So let's lift up our hands to Him. And love on Him. Come to Him and say, Jesus, you know what? I'm, 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 I'm ready. Ready, 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 ready. Ready to be persecuted. Ready to go to prison. Ready to be laughed at. I love you. And this is reality for many of us. People are suffering for their faith. They are being persecuted for their faith. Some can't even go back to the country they came from because their love for Jesus. But you see, your love for Jesus will carry you. Your love for Jesus will be there. And carry you. Lift up your hands and worship. I want you to go into it. Worship you with everything you have. I want Julia to lead us in another song. But I want us to break down with explosive worship. I want us just to... Intimate worship Jesus for a while and sing to Him and have fellowship with Him.
Father, we thank you, Lord. Father, because you were there every time. Before we knew you, you were there all the time. When we were broken, you were there. When I was alone, you were there. Father, when I was without no one next to me, you encouraged me. Even though when I didn't knew you, your words touched my heart. Father, thank you because your love trespassed every culture, trespassed every religion, trespassed every language, and you spoke to me. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Thank you, Lord, for your restoration. When I was in drugs, you spoke to me. When my dad was full of alcohol, you filled the room with your presence. Father, thank you because your love and trust every moment, every circumstances, until I come and I met you personally. Thank you, Jesus, for your love, for your beautiful presence every time in our life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.